This is the Mailbox Money Podcast, and I am Bronson Hill. As a busy professional, I wrestled with how to grow my income without taking up more of my precious time. I learned that managing real estate, actively trading stocks, or being unable to scale up investments is not passive investing. This is the place where you'll discover new asset classes, develop investing skills, and learn from experts how to become financially free with less work than you thought possible. And now, get ready for truly passive income. So people often ask, what are the best places and best cities to invest in? And a lot of times, if you live in a place like I do in Southern California, it doesn't make sense necessarily to invest locally. And so it's important to be able to look outside of your local region and find areas where the numbers really make sense, where the population is growing and where you see businesses moving and jobs being created as well. So my guest today, Neil Bawa, is really an expert. He has some great systems on ways to do this, to discover areas, and it really makes sense where the numbers are actually telling you where you should invest. So Neil, welcome. How are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Bronson. Really excited to have you on. I think you're somebody that I, I look at and just watch the way that you, uh, you handle data. And of course, you have the nickname of being the mad scientist of multifamily, where you just, you know, you're in your lab working with these great formulas and finding ways to uh, discover what the right markets are to invest in. So I wanted to explore that today. So can you talk with us a little bit about, uh, you know, why some markets are better than others and, and how you kind of go about approaching the right areas to invest in? Yeah. Um, well, I'll start off by kind of giving you a one minute background and, and then, then I'll answer that question. I think the background will really help. I'm a technologist, you know, geek, dork, nerd, whatever you want to say it. I'm from, you know, I'm steeped in Silicon Valley culture. And for us, everything comes back to numbers. We're like Neo. We're reading the, the, the matrix, so to speak. And, and that's the culture that we come from. And when I got into real estate, I noticed that people were giving lip service to, to, to data. They weren't really making their decisions based on data. And the most prominent uh, example of that is, you know, there were companies that would do well, they'd give money to their investors and, you know, never lose money, but they would stay in one metro over five or 10 or 15 years. And they would say, we're comfortable here. We have resources here, all of which is correct. And all of which have benefits but they then also claim to be data driven, which I don't think they should be able to claim because the data tells me that each year the best cities to invest in America change. Now, sometimes the same city comes back twice or even three times. Uh, I've seen, you know, Provo, Utah come back, you know, in our numbers twice. And we've seen Boise, Idaho come back twice. Phoenix has come back twice. But often these are not consecutive years. And one could say, well, yeah, but you know, if I have resources, then maybe my city is better than, than opening up this new metro, and you'd be right. But is it better every single year? And that, the answer to that is an emphatic no. There are no cities in America. Since I started looking at this, we have a system called Location Magic. You know, more than 50,000 investors have used it. We have never bar none found a city that is in the top two or three every single year for the last 10 years, simply because that by itself is strange. Because if that city was at the top that often, the, the, everything there would become so expensive that it would drop out of that top three. Does that make sense? By its very nature, the fact that investors there get very rich and get very greedy would cause that city to fall out. So there is no great, there is no best place in America to invest. There's a best place in America to invest every year. And that's what our location magic or real focus system is based on. So 
as I started investing, I, I, I realized I needed to create a system that I could use. And early on, it was just me. Now, now we have 29 employees. So we have a lot of people just crunching numbers all day. But back then, I needed a way to figure out the best cities to Amer invest in America. And I needed to be a straightforward system, not a black box, but a straightforward system. And we invested, we came up with something and it had 17 different parameters and we still use versions of it now. But then I was like, what if I wanted to give this away to other people, right? People that you know don't have to buy anything from me, don't have to get a subscription. They don't ever have to come back and ever talk to me again or, or my people again, but something that's valuable. What if I wanted to give it away? Then I realized I need to actually simplify it. It's still complex, but it's it's fairly simple. So my goal was someone should be able to pick up a random city that you've never heard of. You go to a party and some people are discussing some city called Killeen, Texas. And you're like, Killeen, Texas. Okay, I want to know if Killeen's a good place for real estate investment. And not just that, I want to know how does it compare with five other random cities that I heard about in last week's party, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to co compare and contrast these cities together and give them objective scores in terms of how good they are for real estate investment. So with that in mind, we basically went and, and, and started to implement such a system. I hired both a, a person to scrape you know, websites from the web. I hired a person that is a statistician. So I'm a data scientist. So these statisticians basically start taking large data sets and sticking them into uh, a software called R, all with the goal of figuring out what really matters when it comes to profit. Because the only thing we cared about was one thing, what creates the most amount of real estate profit, both in the short term, the medium term, the long term? What are those factors? And how do they change? How do they change over time? And so we put in all kinds of factors. And some of them you might think about like school scores and population growth and job growth and income growth and home price growth. So we threw in uh, you know, the kitchen sink at it. And then we started looking at the profits that investors made and tried to figure out which ones of those factors correlated the most to profit. Where was the correlation the highest? And where was the correlation the most? We also looked at, okay, maybe, maybe schools are highly correlated to real estate profit. But if I remove schools and I put in this other factor, maybe I get the same correlation, in which case I don't need the schools. I can take them out because the other factors are basically uh, adjusting for it, right? Uh, you know, let's say you have high quality of schools, you probably also have incomes going up, you have job growth happening there. So maybe those are just for schools, right? So those are the sort of things we were thinking. So it, we, we kind of throw lots and lots of things at it. We come up with like 50 different versions of it and see what actually leads to the maximum profit. And then we do something more really important that's called back testing. So we look at the profit that's been made in 100 cities over the last 10 or, 10 or 15 years and we say, okay, we think these are the best factors. Okay, let's apply them to that back testing and see wh how, what percentage of the time they work. And maybe they work 95% of the time, then we go back and change our formula and now it works 97% of the time, which is an awesome number, right? So that's what we were doing. And these, we eventually settled with five factors. And you know, disclaimer, this is a free system. It's kind of like Wikipedia or, you know, it, it's something free that we are giving away. You never have to come back to us. Every year we update it. So you can come to our website and grab it and, and go away. You never have to buy anything. There's never any subscription. There's never going to be any subscription in the future. I can say that in public because it was never really designed to hook somebody into a system. It was designed to give people an easy way to figure out the best places to invest. So we came up with a system that has five parameters. In the future, it might have six or it might have four. Data changes our mind all the time. And I'll give you the five parameters and then I'll give you examples of those parameters. They're very specific. Any city that you invest in should have a certain amount of population growth, a certain amount of job growth, 
a certain amount of income growth, a certain amount of home price growth, and a certain reduction in crime. Okay, so we're looking, so, you know, for basically for a city to have these five things. And you might say, well, yeah, most cities have those things, Neil. Yes, but we're looking for specific amounts of those things. Okay, mm -hmm. we're looking in all five categories. We're looking for the amount of each of those metrics that makes that city significantly above average. It doesn't make it the fastest city in the US because then you know we'd never pick any cities because no one city in the world could have the fastest population growth and the fastest home price growth and the fastest you know this and the, and the fastest that. It's never gonna work out. So you can't really pick the best in each category. You've got to pick below, above average in every category and significantly above average. So we came up with numbers. These numbers change once in a year. They change in January every year. So I'm going to give you the 2021 numbers. And I have to tell you, the 2021 numbers are the wackiest ever, but you guys know why that is, right? It's because of COVID, <laughs> right? So, so some of the numbers haven't changed much at all. Like I, the first number here, it doesn't care about COVID at all. It's population growth. And the city that you invest in should have 10.5% population growth between 2011 and 2019. You might say, I'm in 2021, why, why is it 2019? Well, because I wanted to use public data. I didn't want to gather information about 600 cities and sell it to you at $10,000 a year. I wanted you to be able to get public data. And so we, we, on our website, we have a place where you go and you get the data. And then you, it also tells you how exactly to get this data next year, because you don't want to come back to our website. We tell you, go here, click this thing, take these two numbers. That's how you get it for next year, right? Simple. So. We want 10.5% population growth between 2011 and 2019. And just so you know, that's roughly double the population growth of the United States as a whole. We find that when populations move into a city and they aggressively move into a city, all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff happens, right? For example, Boise, Idaho had rent growth in the 30% range in the last 12 months. 30% range, right? And nationwide, we look for rent growth to be 2%. 2% is kind of the median. It's more like a 2.4% median rent growth, you know, is the, is the nationwide number. So Boise, Idaho had 15 or 13 times the annual rent growth of the U.S. And the U.S. was also experiencing a good year. So, you know, it's, it's, not, that, it's not really 13 times, you know, it's maybe three or four times, but still these numbers are the greatest ever in history. And what happened to Boise, Idaho in the last 12 months? Well, Boise became the favorite place for people who could leave because of COVID from San Francisco, from New York, from Los Angeles, from these ultra big metros, the people that could leave and go to a nicer, better, more you know, interesting place to live in. Well, Boise was number one, right? Phoenix wow. was number two. So when those things happen, when population grows, people might think, so the population is growing 10.5% between 2011 and 2019, Neil, that's like 1.5%. I mean, what's the big deal? Well, here's the thing, one and a half percent population growth often spikes rent by four to 5%. So wow. rent spikes are not at the same level. They, 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 they're parallel, but it's not the same line, right? So that number by itself is so powerful. Unfortunately, this means that you can't invest in the Midwest, you know, where Detroit's losing population and St. Louis is losing population. And so many other cities have lost population. No, you can't. You can still in invest in Detroit because I'm gonna give you five rules right? What you want to do is invest in cities 
where at least, if, if possible, all five rules, a city crushes them. That, that would be best. But you may not want to invest in those cities because they're 3,000 miles away from you. You want to invest in a city that's 300 miles. Well, in that case, you might want to drop to four. And if it doesn't work, you might want to drop to three, but only if the city crushes three of the rules and doesn't quite make the other two, but it's not off on them a big deal. Maybe it doesn't make the cutoff. Maybe the cutoff 10.5% and you know, some place that you were looking at, it was 10.2. So you were just below the cutoff for two of them. And then you crush the other three. Maybe you look at that city. Now, if it doesn't make three out of five, maybe you don't want to use this system. Maybe you're just a gambler and you should be continuing to gamble. Maybe you shouldn't even invest in real estate. Las Vegas might be a better place for you to be investing your money in. So, you know, beyond the three out of five, the system really breaks down and, and loses value. Obviously, the cities that crush all five are going to be incredible investments. So can I, can I yeah. pause you for one sec here? Yeah. I just want to say those listening as well is whether you're interested in actively investing, doing houses or apartments yourself or passively investing. Neil's group does this. Our group does it as well. Take passive investors to do deals. It's so important that you're in the right areas because there's the saying, you've used this before, Neil, that the idea of the rising tide you know, brings all ships up. And so you can, do, I've seen it before. People are, don't necessarily perform that well in a market, but because the market is performing well, things do phenomenally well. And so that's the whole thing of why you know, when I was doing single family houses and I, in Cleveland and I ended up selling them all and getting out of there because I realized like the population wasn't growing. It was, it was flat or declining. And so just that idea, I think, for investors or people interested in, in growing their wealth is being in areas where, where the tide is rising. So, so you, you keep, continue on. You said you had those five metrics. The most sure. important was, was, is it population growth is the most important? I wouldn't one? say it's the most important. It's just the first one, one right? Okay. The second one is median household income. And by the way, for those of you who are like, I didn't write that first one down, that's okay. I'll give you a website at the end that stores all these rules. So you just go there and grab them. Um, so we are looking for 35.2% median household in income between 2000 and 2019. And once again, you're like, yeah, not, not just a rule. How do I get this information? How do I know that city A, city X is there? Well, the, the rules and where to get them are all stored on the website. So you can go grab those. So 35.2% median household income growth between 2000 and 2019 is what we look for. Once again, you're like, eh, but we're in 2021. Well, the public data is available to 2019. I've, I've also got a secret for you, right? I'm going to mention two websites that have this data. They're paid. They cost, roughly, they cost about $2,000. I'm not affiliated with them. One's called housingalerts.com. The other one's called localmarketmonitor.com. I subscribe to both. I think they're great sites. They have incredible data, fantastic value. What I've found though is when I use this 2011 to 2019 data and they, their data obviously is newer because they're paid sites. They don't have 2021 data, but they have 2020 data. So they have an extra year. I came up with the same list of cities, right? Fine. Nothing changed. I ended up investing in the same exact list. And so one of my rules of thumb, not rules, but rules of thumb is Cities don't change over years, they change over decades. The only exceptions to that rule are Hurricane Katrina or you know, Amazon HQ. So when a, a, a massive event 
negative or positive happens, cities change quickly, but otherwise they change very slowly. Cleveland, for example, has been kind of a flatline city for a long time. It was losing population and almost stopped at this point. There's very little population loss, right? Um, you look at uh, Connecticut, kind of similar sort of position. But you go back and look at Connecticut 15 years ago, it was very similar. It wasn't very different from how it is today, right? And over seven or eight years, things change. Like Phoenix has incredible population growth at this point in time and really wasn't there eight or nine years ago when, when you know, it crashed and burned very hard. But five years ago, Phoenix looked just like it is today. So cities don't really change over a year or two years. So I, I would suggest to you, sure, you do what I want, do what I do, pay for local market monitor, pay for housing alerts. You're probably going to end up with the same list of cities as the free data that I'm going to share with you. So median household income is key because what I found is First, you want people to move into an area. When people move into an area, they basically buy everything up. They, they use the resources in that area. So the resources become scarce. And one of the resources that becomes scarce is manpower, right? Because you know there's all ships are raised, they're using resources. More resources need to be created. More haircuts are needed. I got one yesterday. Um, you know, more, you know, not 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 for Bronson, he's he's sad. But for me, you know, more haircuts, right? More toilet paper is needed. So essentially more manpower is needed, right? So what happens is because population has increased, more manpower is needed. When more manpower is needed, there's more competition for manpower, which raises income. So median household income goes up when population goes up. They, they sort of go up together. And that's why it's number two. You want that 35% number. Moving on to number three. Ready to move sure. on to number three, Bronson? Yeah, let's do it. No, All this right. is this is great. I think it's uh, obviously we're getting in the the weeds here, but I think it's really yeah. obvious that you know this stuff. You've tested it, and it's. I think there. You're right. There's a there's an underutilization of data that actually should lead the conversation, and you should you can live where you want, like you and I live in California, but you invest right. where the numbers make sense, and this is it. Well, and and before I go on to that, I'll say I, I eat my own dog food in two different ways. Okay. <laughs> 60% of my investors are Californians. And the number one request is you never invest in California. We love California. And the answer is the numbers don't permit me to. And I would love for California to show up at the top of my numbers because that would be the easiest money raise of my life. Right. right. Yeah. But I've never invested in California. And I don't think that I don't think that's going to change, just so you know. Um, and the second thing I want to say is I am the only syndicator that I know of in the United States that actively invests in 10 different states. Wow. So we're in 10. And we're going to add in 11 soon, 10 different states, because the numbers drive me to these states, right? And I invest in places that you've never even heard of. My most profitable property is in Dalton, Georgia, a tiny little sleepy suburb, 35 miles from Chattanooga, 90 miles from Atlanta, right? Wow. My second most profitable property is in St. George, Utah, which is so far from everywhere else, you can actually drive quicker to St. George from Las Vegas than you can from Salt Lake City, which is in the same state. That's how far it is from everything, right? Wow. Second most profitable. Point is, I know about these cities because I find that I've always found for the last you know, four or five years pre-COVID that smaller cities made the most profit. And people don't do it because they don't have the data. They're, they're afraid of these smaller cities, right? I've been screaming about Boise since 19, in, 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 2017. 17, 18, I was screaming about Boise and Provo. As you can see now, these markets have gone completely crazy, right? Provo is a sub four cap market, right? And Salt Lake City is still a tertiary and Provo is 50 miles away from Salt Lake City. And it's a sub four cap market, wow. right? So you, you look at what's happened to these markets because their demographics were just so phenomenally over the top that I was like, 
I got to put my, all of my money in. I mean, Provo is our biggest project, $130 million. Um, I'm so glad we, we made that call. So anyway. Real, yeah. real quick, Neil. So, so these, so it sounds like too, it's not just that you're getting, you know, notifications or you're seeing these pop up as, as top things, like they've been top areas, but they're really leading indicators that this is what is going to happen. So it's not just that it's hot right now, it's because they move in over decades and over long periods of time, you see kind of the ramping up of Boise and you saw the ramping up of Provo. Is that, is that correct? Yes, and, and I'll explain it in stock market terms. So the stock market has two kinds of investors. One investor is called a fundamentals investor or the Warren Buffett investor. And they look at all of the fundamentals like the ones that I'm just mentioning for a stock and they invest accordingly. The second kind of investor, more popular, is called a momentum investor. They look at the momentum of a particular stock and they say, I don't really care about the underlying fundamentals. This is going to go up, so I'm going to invest in it, right? So the five real focuses, the ones I've given you so far are fundamentals. The fifth real focus is momentum, okay? And that's jobs. And for all of the others, we give you long-term time parameters. For jobs, it's the last 12 months because no other indicator that we've found is a as much of a leading indicator of future increase in prices than job growth in the last 12 months. Because it's only when people get jobs and there's a fight for jobs in the last 12 months that people start to get comfortable with buying stuff. They buy cars, they buy houses, they rent newer properties, they rent, they upgrade, they do all kinds of things. And that leads to future pricing bubbles, both in the for sale market and the for rent market. And so that last indicator, jobs, is a momentum indicator and is the strongest of them, right? So there are some advanced people that have come back to us and said, hey, I, I use a real focus system. I think it's great. You know, you've got five parameters. Do they all have equal weightage? And the answer is no, the jobs, they have 40% weightage. So the first four are 15% each. So that's 60% weightage total. And then the jobs have 40% weightage because jobs is the momentum indicator in real estate. No, nothing else indicates momentum as much as job growth in a particular market. That's why I'm so fanatic about job growth. And there are, there are cases where I've made exceptions and almost inevitably every single case that the exception was made was because the job growth was very high, even though some of the others were fairly weak. Yeah, so no, Golden I think Georgia is, 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 is perfect you know, example of that. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I think I love that it makes perfect sense too, right? The jobs are what provide the momentum and, and really help you to know where things are headed. So I think that's, I love right. it. I love your, I didn't realize I, you are a data scientist. That's your background is in, is in data science. Yeah. So, you know, computer science is my, my degree and data science uh, is basically the background there. So this kind of helps me see these kinds of trends. I, I tell people, you know, I'm kind of like Neo, right. I'm, I'm re I'm trying to read the matrix and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but <laughs> luckily it works more often than it doesn't. Yeah. Right? Awesome. So, Number three is median house and condo value. So you want to go into a market where median house and condo values increase by a certain amount. Now, having this number that I'm about to give you is almost too easy to hit because of the incredible increase in home price increases in the last 12 months. So we're looking for 47% increase. Just so you know, this is a preview. We're crunching numbers now for next year because you know the system comes out. Uh, this is going to jump by almost like 15, 16%. So you may want to just add 15, 16% to this number that takes you up to like 63% between 2000 and 2019. Once again, that's the last nine years of data. That's public data. That's very easy for you to find. And we only want to go in those markets. And still, even despite the 16 month, 16% jump, you probably get about 40% of all markets in the US that will work, maybe even 50%, right? Because prices are going up so much. So 
this is the one parameter that I want you to be a little more aggressive with, but know that in the long run, I want you to come back to these numbers. We are in crazy times. We are in, in a time when we've just printed, printed several, $7 trillion, everything's gonna go up. We think that temporarily it's okay for you to look for numbers higher than 47%, maybe you look for 63 or whatever that number is. But then in the long run, I think the number needs to moderate because obviously this, this kind of growth, this madness that we're in is completely unsustainable in the long run. It's, there's no way, because you know, incomes are not going up, so it, it moderates. So when it moderates, we'll come back to you know, somewhat softer numbers, but for now, big numbers there. So that's number three. Number four is one that is a little complicated. And so our website actually contains instructions on it. Um, there's a crime index on a website called city-data.com. There's a crime index. We ask you to invest in cities where the crime index is lower than 500. This doesn't change every year, unlike the population growth and all the others, this index remains the same. We only change it once every five years. So despite all the nonsense that you hear about in the news, crime in the United States has been declining for 27 straight years. It went up fractionally last year, given the crazy year that we had, but we actually expected again to decline in 2021. So, you know, violent shootings are up, but overall crime is declining in the US. So we want to go to cities where this number is lower than 500. And once again, I'll give you information on where you can go and grab that information, but 500 and lower, basically what we found was, Bronson, was that there was a very key correlation between decline in crime and profits. There wasn't a correlation between low crime and profits. So let's say that you're living in some small city in North Carolina and it's near nowhere and its crime is low. There's no correlation to profit there. But what if there was a city in North Carolina where crime was high, but had been rapidly declining in the last five years, rapid decline. There's a very strong correlation to future profits. Mm -hmm. So it's no. decline in profit that really, decline in crime that actually creates profit because people start seeing the place differently. So we've got the data for you. It has to be below 500, but we also wanna see a rapid decline. We show you exactly how you can look at, you know, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, it's crime declining consistently. That's why, you know, you're from, you, you invested in Cleveland, but my pick for Ohio has always been Columbus because Columbus's crime, crime decline has been astonishingly rapid in the last 12 or 13 years. A lot mm -hmm. of it has to do with education and healthcare. You know, they, they focused on it. Their city bonds are healthcare based. So, you know, when a healthcare population comes in, they're not looking to commit crimes. They're looking to save lives, right? So yeah. a, a city that has a very strong healthcare or education focus tends to have, you know, continuous multi-decade decline in crime. And that's why, you know, for five or six years, people who've heard this presentation have heard me mention, you know, Columbus as kind of the alpha city. And you can see that, I mean, cap rates in Columbus are in the four and a half range today which given that Ohio is a rust belt state is an astonishingly low number, but it didn't get there in a day. You know, last five years have been phenomenal cap compression there and cap rates are compressing everywhere, but there's no way Connecticut and Cleveland cap rates are anywhere close to Columbus. Well, it makes sense if a place is redeveloping and there's more effort, you know, being given to a certain area or, you know, things are happening positively and crime is reducing. It makes sense that that would be a very positive indicator. So that's, I think that's really great that it's one of the numbers. Yeah. Right, and, and keep in mind that that crime piece allowed us to leave the schools out because we found that schools were so variable for for rent, you know, for, 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 for buying stuff and holding it, 
Like if you're you know, buying single family homes, schools are just indispensable. But we are in the multifamily, large scale multifamily market. But even if you're buying a 20 year multifamily, schools are not as important as crime rate reduction. Believe it or not, we didn't find a clear correlation between schools. I mean, we have properties where schools are 10. We have properties where schools are three out of 10. And we are not seeing a significant difference in quality of population, which hmm. is counterproductive. But again, you, you have to listen to what the data says, not what your gut says. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's, that's why data is so powerful. Yeah. Right. And then the fifth one, the big parameter is, is job growth. Job growth percentage over the last 12 months, long-term job growth has zero correlation, zero correlation to profits, right? But short-term job growth, the last 12 months, and even the last six months, it's kind of hard to calculate it for six months, so I give you 12 months. But th the truth is, the last six months has even more correlation to future profits than the last 12 months do. So it's a momentum-based indicator. And we get this information from a website, which again, the URL is stored there. We want 2% job growth. And we give you a way of calculating it during COVID. Obviously, all the numbers are messed up during COVID. So we give you a way of calculating that 2% job growth during COVID. We expect starting 2021, 2% again will be, will be fine. You know, in a, in a country where job growth is usually in the one, one, in, one to one and a half percent range, 2% is good. 3% is awesome. 4% is champagne bottles. 5% is you can buy the shittiest property and still make a obscene amount of money. Very few metros consistently stay above five. And some of the metros that I like the most have stayed in that three to five range. So they bounce up and down. So Provo, Utah, uh, St. George, Utah are two that consistently bounce up and down. Boise, Idaho bounces up and down in that, in that three, three and a half percent range. Austin is uh, usually doesn't go up to five, but it stays in that three plus range continuously. And for Austin, of course, three plus is like five everywhere else because it's tech jobs. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, you, know, you kind of also have to look at the quality of the jobs that are produced and Austin produces consistently the highest quality of jobs in the United States outside of the San Francisco Bay area. So these are some amazing places that job growth has been phenomenal. Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. So North Carolina is the only state or apart from Utah where we've seen two metros that stay in that high range. And sometimes they come down to two, but then they bounce back up. So job growth obviously varies from month to month. But these are markets that are absolutely insane. You know, Dallas is not in there, but because it's pretty strong, it, it stays between two and three percent. It's one of the top markets in the U.S. But from a job growth perspective, Dallas is just not as strong as some of the other markets. It was in the past, as I said, maybe looking at a hundred different pieces, Dallas might be the strongest market, strongest market in the United States. But from a momentum-based perspective, at this point, San Antonio has far greater momentum, and so does Austin. Yeah, well, Neil, I, I love this. I know a lot of people that may be hearing this for the first time or the first time I heard it, I was just like, wow, this is really amazing stuff. And I know you've created some resources around that I want you to, to be able to share. But I just wanted to really say I appreciate you for coming on today and sharing this. I think that a lot of uh, investors just kind of, it's almost like rolling the dice. I want to invest here. I don't know where I should invest. But when you actually look at data and you have some specific data points that you like you've back tested and really created a system that people can use for free. I think that's awesome. So I appreciate what you do. I know you also work with investors. You mentioned you have 10 deals going on this quarter. 
uh, which is awesome. So if you're watching this or listening and you want to reach out to Neil and his team, they're a phenomenal group of people. So reach out to them. But uh, Neil, how can people get in touch with you or get in uh, kind of follow this uh, system a little bit more? Sure. So first I'll tell you about, you know, how to get in touch with me. I happen to be the only Neil Bawa on the World Wide Web. So N-E-A-L space B-A-W-A, hit enter. You'll see information about me. You'll see a couple hundred podcasts. Um, if people are complaining, you'll see them. They, yes, all of the complaints, that's me. And all of the good stuff, that's me too. So uh, that's the easiest way to get in touch with us. And you'll see, you know, our investment opportunities. We have 22 active projects running. We have about 10 of them launching, including one that's in a fund. Um, and uh, the other way to learn more about this system that I just mentioned, all of the, the pieces that I was talking about, how to put them all together, how to get an Excel spreadsheet that just makes it easy. The, that spreadsheet lives on the homepage of multifamilyu.com. So about 50,000 people come there each year to pick up all the different resources. There's an astonishing array of resources there. The one that has this spreadsheet and this system is called Location Magic. It's halfway down the first page. Go there, grab it. There's a webinar. It's one hour long. It's more in-depth than what we just had time for in this podcast because I need to lead you through the numbers. Watch it grab the Excel spreadsheet, grab the PowerPoint deck. You're good to go. You never need to pay us anything. You never need to come back if you don't want to. Awesome, Neil. Well, I appreciate all the value you're adding. And this was a great conversation today. I think uh, a lot of people hopefully will, you know, five years from now say, man, I'm really glad I listened to Neil Bawa. I went to his, used his program to help figure out the right market. So appreciate all the value you're adding to everyone. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show, Bronson. All right. So as you can tell, uh, Neil Bawa knows his stuff, right? He knows about data. He's a data scientist. He looks at all the stuff, the back testing, uh, population, job growth, income growth, reduction in crime and increase in single family house or condo prices. Uh, these are all, like he said, leading indicators, particularly the job growth portion. So it is really important where you invest uh, because of the numbers, because of how many people are moving there, because how many jobs are there. All those things are really, really important. So like, for example, our group, we typically buy uh, mostly in the South where we are seeing a lot of population growth, job growth, income growth, especially even during COVID when a lot of businesses are moving, a lot of retirees are moving, particularly to secondary markets, um, such as Jacksonville, which we just recently closed the property, closed the multifamily deal there. Um, so anyway, I hope this was, was valuable to you. I think it's really important that you look truly at data and systems and try to find systems that work for you, like whether you're doing single family, multifamily, whether you're investing actively, meaning you're doing the work yourself or you and your team or team members are doing it, or you're investing passively. We have a lot of passive investors that invest passively with us. I know Neil's group does too. Feel free to reach out bronsonequity.com uh, or like Neil said, his site is multifamily and then the letter U, multifamilyu.com. So uh, thanks for taking the time to educate yourself and we'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to the Mailbox Money Podcast. For more free resources, articles, and videos, go to bronsonequity.com. There you can download your copy of the special report, The Single Best Investment Strategy During and After a Pandemic. None of the information shared here is an offer to buy a specific investment, and this is for educational purposes only. Consult your financial, legal, and tax professionals and use your own common sense before making any investment decisions. Thanks for joining us, and be sure to tune in next time for more Mailbox Money.